It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 388 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Albany. It is December 2, 2022, and this is Jen. And this episode has a lot of really good news in it, so hopefully that'll make everyone happy. I've got a tweet here from November 30 from Megan uh, Farak Hamesh. Farak Manesh, I'm trying. She is a senior writer at Wired and covers video games. She's been at other, uh, she's been at the Axios and Verge. <laughs> and she wrote this tweet on November 30. The NLRB has denied Activision Blizzard's efforts to expand the Albany vote beyond just the QA department. This is a win for the union, which needs a majority decision only from the 20 or so testers for legal recognition. And there's a couple of screenshots here. One appears to be from uh, probably the lawsuit you know, mentioning that, and it's a lot, so I'm not going to go over that one. And then there's the second part of that. But basically, that's the main idea is what she tweeted. Today, December 2nd, the Twitter account for GWA Albany at WeRGWA Albany wrote in all caps, we won, exclamation point. And there's all these people happy underneath, you know, about you know learning that. The A Better ABK account on Twitter for the ABK Workers Alliance wrote this. We're so incredibly proud of our friends at... We are GWA Albany, exclamation point. We're celebrating their momentous victory right alongside them. And there's a little blue heart. Together, we're going to make our workplace a better ABK. And there's like a like a fist, like a Simpsons colored fist in there. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then we have Stephen Greenhouse, who is a former New York Times labor reporter. And he's got a book. And he wrote this, breaking the unionization wave continues as Activision Blizzard quality assurance workers in the Albany area vote unanimously 14 to 0 to unionize with the Game Workers Alliance and the Communication Workers of America. So this is fantastic news. We've got Norm Schreiber, who was, is the labor reporter for the New York Times right now. And he says, he tweeted this news. The union wins 14 to zero in an election at Blizzard Albany. The second group of quality assurance workers at gaming giant Activision Blizzard to unionize. Microsoft is in the process of, acqu- of acquiring Activision, which I think most people knew, but not everyone may have been aware of that unless they pay attention as much as I do and you do. So there we are. And then we have the Washington Post. And this is written by Shannon Liao and is titled... Blizzard Albany Win Union, another studio, joins video games' first major union in the U.S. And I'll read just some of that. The graphic at this is really kind of interesting because it's kind of like the, the you know, the raising a fist thing, but it looks like it's done in like sort of little square Lego blocks. It's probably an AI thing. I don't think anyone hand drew this, but maybe. Um, so it just looks cool. So here's from the article. A group of about 20 quality assurance testers at Activision Blizzard's Albany location won their bid for a union Friday afternoon. 
The workers joined the Game Workers Alliance, a union at the gaming company that already includes testers from Wisconsin-based Raven Software. Amanda Lavin, a Blizzard Albany quality assurance tester, said that the union vote comes just about a year after the testers first began collecting signatures for a union. Quote, we knew we were going to win, but it's still extremely exciting and gratifying, especially because tomorrow marks the first anniversary of when we started organizing, Lavin said. The testers are the lowest paid workers at Blizzard Albany, formerly called Vicarious Visions, a studio known for its work on the Guitar Hero and Crash Bandicoot franchises. The Game Workers Alliance is the first union at a major video game company in the U.S., and Friday's news marks the union's second significant win in an industry that has historically not organized. Both parties have five days to file any objections. If no one objects, the results will be official and the employer will be required by the NLRB to bargain with the union. Here's a quote. We are considering all options with the focus on what is best for all employees and to provide the best games for our millions of players, wrote Activision spokesperson Joe Christinot in a statement. Quote, we still believe our entire Albany team should have the right to vote. This is about fundamental fairness and rights for every member of the team. Now, does he mean he's going to go ahead and accept the union or that, you know, Activision is going to do that? Or is he trying to maybe not, you know, obviously, but kind of subtly imply that they're going to fight the union because the entire working force of Blizzard didn't get a chance to vote on it? I mean, that's what they were trying to push for before. They got shot down by NLRB. So I don't know. I'm never really sure about what that means when they get kind of sketchy like that. The article continues, In an email to employees on Friday, leadership at Blizzard Albany, which is working on an upcoming Diablo game, said they were considering their various options and would decide on a course of action, adding that, quote, It is more fair and valid if the whole team has an opportunity to decide. The Blizzard Albany testers took their cues from seeing testers at Call of Duty maker Raven petition the company and gather signatures. On May 28, Raven testers won their bid to unionize. They're currently undergoing bargaining efforts for a contract. Good for them, said a Blizzard Albany employee who is not part of the Quality Assurance Tester Group, speaking on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak to the media. Unionization is an important step to countering the rampant greed that plagues the upper echelons of the tech industry, our government, and the world at large. Earlier this week, the National Labor Relations Board ruled against the employer, which was requesting that a group of about 100 Diablo developers be eligible to vote in the union election, in addition to the testers. Labor experts have told the Washington Post that companies often seek to increase the size of the bargaining unit to lower the chance of a union vote to succeed. Uh, back in August, Activision Blizzard's lawyers framed much of their argument in the Blizzard Albany hearing around the highly anticipated upcoming game Diablo 4. The dark fantasy action role-playing game in which players battle various Hellspawn is slated for release sometime next year. Unlike its approach with Raven, with Raven, where the company requested that all Raven developers vote in a union election, a request that was denied, 
Activision Blizzard argued that in the case of Blizzard Albany, all developers on Diablo should be able to vote, positioning the game as uniquely difficult to make. In the ruling, the NLRB dismissed Activision Blizzard's lawyers' argument that quality assurance testers working on different games don't belong in the same bargaining unit. Five of the testers in the new bargaining unit work on Diablo 2 Resurrected, 15 work on Diablo 4, while one works on World of Warcraft. The difference between Diablo 2 Resurrected and Diablo 4 is one of assignment that has minimal to no impact on the company of interest among associate test analysts, the board's regional director, Linda Leslie, wrote. The NLRB noted that associate test analysts working on Diablo are paid $20.19 an hour, which adds up to a yearly salary of $41,995 if employees worked a full year with no weeks off. Meanwhile, employees in other departments earn $56,250 to $175,050, with designers earning the most. The low pay of testers has helped differentiate the group from the rest of the employees at Blizzard Albany working on Diablo 4, according to the NLRB's decision. Goes on a little bit from there, um, but that's the main idea coming from the Washington Post right there. We also have the Hollywood Reporter actually wrote about this, which I don't know if this counts as Hollywood. They usually talk about celebrities and stuff like that, but this, this one's about the unionization thing, also posted on December 2nd. Second group of Activision Blizzard workers votes to unionize an NLRB election. 14 quality assurance testers at Blizzard Albany voted in favor of joining the Communications Workers of America with zero voting against unionization. This is written by Katie Kilkenny. Both Activision Blizzard and the CWA have five days to file any objections to the election's results, and if they do not, these results will be certified. Prior to Friday's election, management asked for a board review of the election, which the NLRB denied on Wednesday as, quote, the decision to hold an election raises no substantial issues warranting review, as the chairman and two members of the NLRB board, or NLRB wrote in their decision. Um, and let's see what this one's from. Do, do, do. Here's a quote from somebody. Quote, it took an unbelievable amount of work and perseverance to move this fight forward. With this victory, we're advocating for ourselves and each other because we care deeply about our work and the games we make. Organizing has empowered all of us to fight hard for the dignity and respect every worker deserves on the job. Blizzard Albany associate test analyst Amanda Deep said in a statement. Quote, our colleagues at Raven inspired us when they announced the formation of the Game Workers Alliance slash CWA. We can only hope that our win will continue to grow the labor movement at other video game studios across the country. Added Activision spokesperson. I already read you that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the same quote from the Joe Christianot guy. It's the same thing. Uh, the ballot count was originally scheduled to take place on Friday, November 18. However, it was postponed due to a major snowstorm in the Buffalo, New York area. When they first announced their intent to unionize in July, the Blizzard Albany group said they sought to address benefits, pay, and health care issues, make changes to work-life balance, and tackle alleged pay disparities. Quote, there are issues in the video game industry that often go or unaddressed because our work is considered a passion instead of a job, Blizzard Albany associate test analyst Amanda Lavin said in a statement at the time. Quote, quality assurance workers deserve fair treatment and proper compensation for the work we do, which is why we chose to form a union. And then we have The Verge, another Blizzard QA department 
department wins another uh, wins a union vote. It's this you know about the same thing. I'll read you a little bit of this. Some of this is going to be overlapping because I think a lot of these companies get the same quotes from the same people, and that's just how it goes. Um, some of this looks like the same stuff. There's the statement from that guy again, <laughs> Joe Kristinat. I don't know if that's pushing for shenanigans or not, but it kind of sounds like it. Let's see, here's here's a little bit from The Verge. Earlier this year, QA workers at Raven Software, one of Activision Blizzard's Call of Duty support studios, organized and won the company's first union. QA workers were also leading this unionization effort, bringing national attention to QA worker complaints of low wages and overwork conditions. Also, in Raven's case, Blizzard Albany's unionization efforts were met with fierce opposition from its publishing parent. Throughout 2022, the CWA filed several unfair labor complaints against Activision Blizzard, accusing it of infringing on employees' protected organizing rights and withholding raises from workers at Raven involved in unionization activity. Activision Blizzard's petition to have the union vote expanded to all employees at Albany was recently denied, shortly after an actual Blizzard postponed the union vote that was to take place on November 8th. Uh, we have the statement there, um, and so that's that's that one. Um, and then we move on a little bit. So we have uh, Business Insider has been highlighting people that work in gaming, and uh, it's under their emerging tech category. So this one highlights Jessica Gonzalez, or Tech Jess, and uh, she's an organizer at Code CWA. It's a short little article. So there's probably a bunch more attached to this one than I just didn't see, but I did see this one. So this is what it says. Gonzalez, a union organizer, is most proud of her pivotal role in creating the first union at a major U.S. gaming company. She spent nearly three years at Activision Blizzard, leaving in late 2021. There, she helped quality assurance testers at its subsidiary Raven Software hold a successful union vote. Now she works as a part-time organizer with the Campaign to Organize Digital Employees, also known as Code-CW. Anyway, quote, you see people at the forefront, but there are thousands of people that are absolutely leading the charge in the industry and trying to make change and trying to do good, Gonzalez said. I just can't wait for a future of a more inclusive industry that's easier for people to thrive in. While at Activision Blizzard, she organized a walkout to protest the company's response to sexual harassment and discrimination accusations, created a Slack channel that educated hundreds of employees on what it means to be a marginalized person, and pushed for leadership accountability. Quote, they called me the mad at-er because I would at people all day, every day. Where's the communication on this? Can we have an update? What's going on? There's people hurting right now, Gonzalez said, referring to how she frequently tagged people on Slack. In two years, she helped form Activision Blizzard King worker advocacy group A Better ABK and publicly condemned leaders for their lackluster response to sexual assault claims. In 2021, Gonzalez resigned to put her well-being first. She believes her public advocacy caught CWA's eye since gaming industry workers typically do not speak up because of non-disclosure agreements. Quote, I was in a space where I was like, oh my gosh, I have almost 10 years in this industry and it's the same, Gonzalez said. I was really tired and so I was like, okay, I'm going to be someone who helps the movement. And we need people like that in this world because there are companies outside of Activision Blizzard and including them. I've you know, been going over the history of the, all the things they've done that should not have been done that way throughout this podcast. And um, if, as soon as that started, we need people to step up and like fight back against companies that are just going to abuse you, wear you out, and then just get more people to abuse. So all of this stuff, the the um, Raven Studios getting their union, 
all, uh, Blizzard Albany getting their union with the testers at the very least. Um, this is all good stuff, and this needs to continue on because if you do nothing, nothing changes, and these people are doing something to make those changes, so that's admirable. Game Rant has an article titled Swedish Company Sues Microsoft and Activision Blizzard for Collusion. A Swedish company files a lawsuit against Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, accusing the two of illegally conspiring together for the deal. This was written by Joshua Duckworth about six days ago. So here's some uh, some pieces from this one. Everyone, including Sony, fans of all platforms, regulators, and more, has been eyeing Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard King since it was announced. But while many have largely focused on whether it would form a monopoly or how it would impact Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles, one company has sued the two involved in the purchase for collusion. Sunjay AP-Fonden, a Swedish government-owned agency that manages pensions for the Swedish people recently filed this lawsuit. No doubt, Microsoft's pending acquisition of Activision Blizzard faces a ton of criticisms, but this 205-page complaint made public on November 10, filed by Sanjay AP-Fonden, and first reported by Bloomberg Law, focuses more so on how the deal came about and the terms surrounding CEO Bobby Kotick following Activision Blizzard's many sexual misconduct scandals ahead of the announcement. In short, Sanjay A.P. Fondin alleges that the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard merger was, quote, rigged to exploit the beleaguered gaming giant's sexual harassment crisis and protected CEO, end quote, per Bloomberg Law. It further names every current and ex-member of Activision Blizzard's board of directors, stating that the $69 billion price point, which is the biggest acquisition in gaming history, was engineered to allow for an underpriced deal between the two and allow Kotek to keep his position until the end of the regulatory review, at least according to the lawsuit. It claims Microsoft colluded with Activision to acquire a ma- the major gaming company, quote, at a bargain price, end quote, and alleges the process to have been a sham. A spokesperson for Activision and Microsoft both addressed this lawsuit in statements to Bloomberg Law with Activision spokesman Joe Christianot, him again, <laughs> Stating, quote, This is a great deal for shareholders. We garnered 98% approval of votes cast. The board went through a thorough process to decide the right move for employees, shareholders, and players. End quote. Microsoft's response was short, sweet, and to the point. Quote, Our proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard was negotiated lawfully and fairly. So that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know why that popped up, but here they are complaining about it. I've got this article from The Economist, and um, I don't, I've read some stuff from them. Sometimes I think it's astute and interesting, and sometimes I don't, but this one at least fits sort of what I'm talking about right now. This article is titled, Trust Busters Should Let Microsoft Buy Activision Blizzard. Blocking the deal is as likely to harm consumers as it is to protect them. And there's a screenshot here of call of duty i guess from the look of it or someone playing it and it's on a screen in front of that person this was posted on december 1st written by um not really sure who in the past two decades video gaming has gone from a nerdy hobby to a blockbuster industry with revenues over five times bigger than the cinema box office today it is home to one of the largest tech mergers in history 
In January, Microsoft agreed to pay $69 billion to buy Activision Blizzard, a game studio. Yet the mega deal may not go ahead. America's Federal Trade Commission, one of 16 regulators around the world to have taken an interest, will probably say soon that it will sue to block it. And this section is under, I guess they're calling them trust busters, I don't know. Trust busters, which is, I gotta look this up. What do they mean when they're saying trust busters exactly? Um, yeah, I don't know. It leads to another thing that seems kind of maybe not quite as relevant. Uh, trust busters have two main worries. The first is the jewel in Activision Blizzard's portfolio, Call of Duty, a military-themed first-person shooter game. The latest version of which sold over $1 billion worth of copies in just 10 days. It is available on both Microsoft's Xbox game consoles and Sony's competing PlayStation. Regulators fear Microsoft could make Call of Duty exclusive to the Xbox, undermining competition between the ecosystems. Microsoft says that it does not want to freeze out PlayStation. Its aim is to add titles to Game Pass, its monthly subscription service which, in effect, rents out a bundle of games rather than selling them individually. Herein lies Regulator's second concern. At the moment, Game Pass is chiefly an Xbox service, but it could one day have much broader reach as games are streamed from cloud computing services onto people's televisions, web browsers, and phones. Microsoft's cloud computing business, Azure, might give it a technological edge, while Game Pass, expanded to include Activision Blizzard's portfolio, provides the best content. Tr Trustbusters worry that Microsoft could gain an insurmountable lead in a nascent market. Neither worry is a reason to block the merger. Take Call of Duty. Microsoft is starting from third place in the console market in which it sells the Xbox at a loss. And that's a strange sentence, but that's what it says. And Activision Blizzard earns hundreds of millions of dollars a year from selling Call of Duty to more numerous PlayStation users. Recent history suggests Microsoft should hesitate to give up those revenues. In 2018, AT&T, a telecom company, bought Time Warner, a media giant. It then pulled stellar exclusive content, such as the sitcom Friends, from rival broadcaster streaming platforms in an effort to promote its own service. That helped cause a collapse in profits and the unwinding of the merger. Although Microsoft would have good reason not to make Call of Duty exclusive, regulators could in any case insist it honors a promise to keep selling the game to PlayStation users on reasonable terms. Then it's going into a little bit about television and some other stuff in here, but that's kind of the main idea with that one. And then we go into some Diablo Immortal stuff that we have here. So they posted uh, the Diablo Immortal official account with all the news, posted this on November 22nd, but there's still stuff going on. And I've actually started trying to play again. I tried recording it through the game itself on my tablet, and that just failed. So I gotta try again with something else. So it looks like you've probably heard about the server mergers that are still going on. There's, um, let's see, the Battle Pass started on November 24th, and it goes until... This is season seven, and it goes until December 22, so there's that. The Hungering Moon thing is going on. That one's going to end in a couple of days on December 4. Um, let's see. The Void Wound Cage Wilderness Exploration Task is... Um, hard to tell exactly when that's going to start. There's the Exalted Night Limited Time event, which is 
you have to log in on December 8 and December 10 to unlock those tasks. There's a Shield of Time Hearth limited time event, and that one starts on December 7 through December 21, so that one's got a reasonable amount of time to play. There's some feature updates in here with different stuff that you can look at if you'd like to, and everything I talk about will appear on the Shattered Soulstone website with links to everything so you can check it all out and read more than what I've read to you. On November 30, Diablo Immortal posted Diablo Immortal Developer Q&A Series, which is kind of interesting. I'll read you a little bit of that. This was done on November 30. And let's see. Well-met adventurers. Welcome to our Diablo Immortal Q&A series. About once a month, the development team at both Blizzard and NetEase will select a handful of burning questions from the community to respond to. Both the question and answer will be posted below. We hope for this series to not only be educational, but provide an additional level of transparency between the development team and players. So here's um, one question... I really like some of the recent updates, such as set crafting. Will there be any future updates? Answer, we plan to continue our regular content update cadence of roughly two updates a month. With regards to changes such as set item crafting, we're planning to further improve the set item collecting experience in our next major content update on December 14. Here's somebody else. I was busy working for a while and did not play much. Now most of the players on my server are hell level 5 while I am still in hell level 3. It's really hard to find a dungeon party. Does Diablo Immortal development team have any plans to make this easier? Here's the answer. We are working on additional changes that will be added to Diablo Immortal in the coming months. These changes will make catching up to the rest of your server easier. This includes increasing the experience boost if you're significantly behind server Paragon level, and exploring ways for players who are behind to raise their combat rating by increasing the rate at which they receive legendary and set items. In Immortal's current form, there's a situation where a player can catch up in experience, but their combat rating is still too low to participate in various activities. Another way we are improving player experiences through server merges, which we already know about, so I'll skip the rest of that. Uh, when can I change my character's appearance and when will we, will we be able to hide our character's helmet? Answer, we are planning to release a feature for facial recustomization in our next major content update on December 14. We have heard the call for the ability to hide your character's helmet and fully understand the desire to see more of the character's face. We are already in the thick of production on this feature's implementation, so stay tuned. When can we have a new zone? I want to farm somewhere new. You're in luck. Our next major content update will introduce a new zone, Storm Point, that will expand the story of Diablo Immortal and introduce a new quest line. It's, uh, the new zone will provide players with more farming opportunities, bounties, and unique zone-wide events. And the last one, every time I try to find parties for a Heliquary boss raid, I need to wait for each boss to gather enough people. Why is this? Answer, we found that many players like to fight all the Heliquary bosses at once. In the, in the upcoming major content update on December 14, it will be possible to change the raid target boss without existing, exiting the raid, making it easy for adventurers to challenge different bosses in succession. As you may know, if you're on Twitter, um, they've been hyping Diablo 4. And one of the things that the Diablo account said was, or actually tweeted, was... The end is near. Use hashtag Lilith is coming to tell the world what you'll do before you're dragged into hell. And there's all kinds of uh, answers in here. So uh, Doomscream uh, wrote, uh, hashtag Lilith is coming. Finally graduate law school. Hell is just the next, the logical next step in the field, which I think is kind of funny, actually. Um, someone named Yam says, I'll prepare all the rituals to pave myself to our mother, literally. 
and has a laughing smiley face. Diablo responds, she will pave the ground with your blood. Hashtag Lilith is coming. Um, someone wants to hug Lilith. Diablo says, you may try. <laughs> someone else says, I'll shine up my armor and weapons to take the fight to the demons of hell. The Diablo account says, prepare for the war of a lifetime. Um, someone just, I don't know, some of these aren't even very relevant, you know? But some of those were pretty good, you know. Uh, so here's someone, Jeremy, like, go out fighting in a blaze of glory, worthy of the songs and ballads of Valhalla. Hashtag Lilith is coming. Diablo responds, taking up arms against the Blessed Mother is unwise. <laughs> and it just goes on from there with, you know, snarky little Diablo accounts. I got to say, I really love whoever's behind the Diablo account. Whether it's one person or a group, a team effort putting this together, it's just perfect it's what you would think diablo would be like you know sneering at you with that kind of thing there's also a gif uh that the diablo account tweeted out it says heed our warning lilith is coming and if you uh if you play it it has all of these things which at first glance you might think are flower petals but they're drops of blood and it just keeps going until you're done looking at it which is relevant you know that's kind of what you saw we all saw back when they first announced uh diablo 4 which is interesting uh the other interesting thing about this is i think it was the previous episode of shattered Soulstone where i said there seemed to be this discrepancy between is this game going to launch in december of 2022 or is it going to be april of 2023 and it's still unclear but they're already hyping it so it can't be that long right i mean i don't think they're going to put it out in december just because December is a busy month for so many people, but um, and it would be, if they did, I think that they would have server issues. Like, do y'all remember Diablo three when everybody jumped in the server at the same time and how that went? Like, I don't think they want that experience to happen for Diablo four. So I'm thinking it's going to be maybe April, but I like that they're already hyping it. Just in case you were wondering, um, if you want to play Diablo four. You could do this through Battle.net, which means PCs. You could do it through Xbox Series X or S. You can do it on Xbox One, and you can do it on PlayStation, PS5, or PS4 whenever this game launches. Uh, you can sign up on the Blizzard Diablo 4 page, I guess, if you want to know more with updates and things like that. So um, overall, very good news in this episode of Shattered Soulstone. We don't always get that, but this one was... Quite a bit of good news for everyone, and with that, I'm going to close out the show. You have been listening to episode 388 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.